today on It's Time. God knows ultimately that which will carry a reward throughout all of eternity. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Colossians. So, open your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Colossians. Going through the Bible is the way the Word of God says we are to study the Bible. Line upon line, precept upon precept, as we find recorded for us in the book of Isaiah. Now, in Colossians here, we find Paul writing a church of Colossae. And this was a trade town about a hundred miles from Ephesus that we find mentioned in the book of Revelation as one of the first letters that Jesus wrote to the churches. Paul had never visited Colossae. However, it's a direct result of his ministry in the area. And so as we look at this today, we're going to find some interesting things. The pastor of the church at Colossae came to Paul when he was in Rome and began to explain to him that there were some issues of heresies coming into the church. Now, the heresies have always been an enemy of all church. And here's the reason why. The the devil loves to distort truth. That's just his game. And if you believe wrong, you will live wrong. And the result of your life will be not where you want it to be. Therefore, this is why Jesus said in the Gospels, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's so important. Because if you believe again wrong, you're not going to be on the right path. Again, um, Colossae, Paul had never been there. This written somewhere around 60 AD to 64 AD, something like that. Paul writes to them because he loved them. He was concerned. And, And I believe that anybody that genuinely loves somebody else will not only be there to encourage them, but also be there to warn them of things that can damage their heart. This is one of the problems that we find today. Because we often underestimate or we often don't realize the damage that heresies will do. You say, well, Mike, what's a heresy? You're speaking Christianese to me right now. Heresies are things that have come into the church, belief systems that are not biblically founded, yet are taught as if they're scripture. And this is a problem because it continued in Paul's day, it continues today. In other words, if you just want something, you just confess it over and over and over again, blab it and grab it, visualize it, and it's yours. It's a heresy. Why is that? Because it's not about me when I come to Christ. You'll find sometimes ministers that will say, well, you'll never realize your dreams. You'll never realize your goals. You'll never realize all you 
who, what you want in your life until you accept Christ as your Savior. Friends, that's not the gospel. The gospel ain't about you and me. It's about him. And that's what the heresies always do is they move the focus from Jesus Christ to other things. Anything. The devil doesn't care. It doesn't care whether it's all paths lead to God or whether it is just it's all about you, baby. Well, I like that. You know, I, I, if I wasn't a Christian and I didn't know God's word, I want to hear a message where this God is like my heavenly Santa Claus and whatever I want, hey, whammo, you get. Well, what's wrong with that? It's not biblical. Paul said, no longer I live, but Christ who lives within me. Jesus himself, when he taught the disciples to pray, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my kingdom come, my will be done, but thy kingdom come. Why is that important? Because God knows ultimately that which will carry a reward throughout all of eternity. So Paul starts off his letter to this church at Colossae. And he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. By the way, friends, we all are in Christ Jesus what we are by the will of God if you're willing to let him do that. I like that. In other words, I've shared this before, you don't make who you are. You discover who you are. Now you say, well, what do you mean? How is it that one person, and you'll find this oftentimes in children, can pick up a guitar, bang, 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 and it doesn't mean anything to him. And another kid can pick it up and go, hey, and he begins to move his fingers and make really music. And you go, wow, how is that? Did he make himself a musician or did he discover that he had that gift within him? I believe he discovered the gift that was in him. One of the things God endeavors to do is to help us discover what God has put in us. I like that. Because a lot of times I think I can make me something. Have you ever tried to be something you're not? Well, I guess Hollywood does that all the time. That's why they're called actors. They try to make you think something else. By the way, you know, a lot of ladies, they sometimes go, you know, hubby dude, why can't you be romantic like the, the guy on the silver screen, you know, he, up on Mulholland Drive or looking over, a, over the lights of the city and he reaches his arm around the girl and turns on the radio, just happens to be the right song on the radio. The temperature is just perfect outside, a nice 78 degrees, convertible top down. She lays her head on his shoulder. Oh, it's so romantic. How come, dude, you can't be like that? Something you have to remember. There's probably 15 directors telling the guy what to do. Second of all, all that weather is absolutely studio staged. Everything is done because somebody is telling them what to do. They're telling them to be something that they are not necessarily what they are. But God, what he does is he reveals to us who we are in him. That's a big difference. In other words, instead of the world telling me what to be, God tells me who I am. I think that's a pretty important part of understanding Christianity. Because again, it isn't what I'm going to tell God I'm going to do. It's God telling me what to do because God knows what he put in us. In other words, he put in us certain talents, abilities, resources. 
to be used for the kingdom of God. But only God knows how to maximize what he's done for us. So we are what we are by the will of God, and I think that's really important. And also Timothy, our brother. Always remember, God never left you in this alone. We always have help. Paul had Timothy. We remember that Jesus had the disciples. And you're not in it alone. I think this is one of the things we always need to remember about fellowship of saints is that it isn't Costco with a cross. It's really a place where we can reflect upon one another what God wants to do in our lives and how to do a better job to save this lost world for him. So he says in verse 2, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So we know this was directed to them, but we find later on it was to be read in other churches as well. Why? Because we all share the same kind of needs in our life. I need to be affirmed. I need to be told that I'm going to make it. Even as a pastor, you're going to make it. Uh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Yeah, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. God has people around us to encourage us. That's one of the reasons why if you get out of fellowship, and though you might be a Christian, people have asked the question on every man and answered. Is it necessary for me to go to church to be a Christian? The answer is no. But it's going to be a lot better and a lot easier if you are in fellowship. Why is that? Because you've got people around you that love you that are genuinely going to care about your well-being. And so he says to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, notice, in Christ, that's really important, because that's the common denominator of all our relationships. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice he says, grace to you and peace. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. I like that. Mercy is not God giving us what we do deserve. But he doesn't mention that here. He says, grace is God giving to you and me what we don't deserve. Now that's a benevolent father. That's someone that cares and wants to see us do well. The second thing is, is peace. When you know God's going to be giving to you, though you don't deserve it, that creates peace. The Bible says God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That's what we want. So he says in verse 3, We give thanks to God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Um, Paul realized the importance of prayer. I pray that we as Christians do as well. Now prayer, again friends, this is important because oftentimes we think prayer is telling God things that he doesn't know. You know, I've shared this many times, but I was in church one time years ago and um, we had a Wednesday night Bible study prayer and this woman comes forward and she says, oh God, did you see the six o'clock news tonight? And evidently, because she was sure he didn't see it, she told him what it was. God knows everything. I have found that prayer is not for me to try to inform God of something, but for me to align my will with his. Not my purpose, yours, God, is what I need about. I, I think it's good that we tell God our needs. I, I, I know by nature I'm a worrier. I don't know, some of you maybe aren't so much a worrier. Okay, sarah, sarah, whatever it will be, will be. Well, I, I'm a worrier. I'm a thinker. And that, that sometimes can, can cause you to lose some sleep at night. But the thing is that I have found that when you pray, 
prayer is not to talk God into my thing. Prayer is to really align my will with God's. Okay, God, I may not be seeing this your way, so Lord, help me see how you see things. Well, I'll tell you, talk about an eye-opener. You're going to be seeing things a lot different once you let God open your eyes. Now, why is that? What blinds us to God's purpose? Well, I think a lot of times preconceived ideas. Even as a Christian, I can come to God, I can pray, and when I'm praying, I got it all figured out how God's going to answer my prayer. Now, God, you'll just have this person call this person, this person will call this person, this person will take and it's all done taken care of. And God goes, oh, really? Watch this. And he completely scraps the idea. He's got a whole better way to do it. So sometimes what limits me is my preconceived ideas. Sometimes it's just lack of faith. Oh, God, you can't do that. And I'm just, uh, I can't. Uh, uh, woe is me. Well, that's a bad place to be, too. Sometimes it's preoccupation. I'm so busy, God, I don't have time to pray. <laughs> I found that in my life. And then you have to go back and do it all over again. Sometimes it's just lack of faith. Sometimes I just don't think, God, you're going to do anything. I must never see prayer to God from my perspective. I always have to realize grace and peace be to you and to me. Knowing God wants to do something. So prayer is not telling God things, though it's not wrong to do that. But the thing is really, God, okay, since you know all things, you know this issue, how do I respond to this issue that's going on in my life? And the Bible tells us that he gives us wisdom and knowledge. You know, Solomon, David's son, when he came to the throne, he inherited a huge kingdom. And Solomon, when he went to bed, the Lord spoke to him and said, Solomon, you're king. Whatever you ask, I'll give it. That's kind of an interesting dream, isn't it? And Solomon responded and he said, God, give me wisdom to run this country. He says, I don't know my uprisings and my downfalls. He literally said, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. You have to show me. And so give me wisdom. God said, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, you didn't ask to be wealthy, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you all those other things as well. You see, God's got a better way of doing things if I'll stop and find out what God wants me to do. So, we give thanks to the God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Again, encouragement, pray for one another, so important. Since we heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, and our love for all the saints. So when he heard there was a church there, he rejoiced. He began to pray for them. Prayer transcends the miles. You might be in Twin Falls, Idaho, and you might be in your bed at night, but you can be praying for missionaries over in the Arabic countries where oftentimes if they're caught, they're uh, murdered. And so we need to pray for them. Because of the hope, verse 5, which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. Um, There's treasure laid up for us in heaven. I think we always need to be aware of that. You know, I've had people tell me, well, in fact, the Bible says there's different crowns, different rewards for service to God. 
I've had people say, well, you know, if I can just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'll be happy. Well, that's kind of a lousy way to get to heaven, I got to tell you. Because, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, as long as I make it, that's good enough. But, you know, I'll tell you this. You may not care about rewards today in heaven. But you will be when you get to heaven and you'll be glad you're getting some. That's all I can tell you. That's what the Bible tells us. And so it tells us that there is a reward for us that God has for us, which is laid up for, for you in heaven. Remember, there's a bank account in heaven that God is attributing to your obedience, the things you do for him, into your account, which has come to you as it is also in the world in bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. When you hear God's word, it changes the way we think. It just does. And because it changes the way we think, we go from temporal beings to eternal beings, and we begin to think about eternity and what it's going to mean and what kind of reward do I have in eternity? You know, you go back to the old worldly song, I pray there is no heaven, and, or I swear there ain't no heaven and I pray there ain't no hell. Well, that's kind of a goofy way of thinking. That doesn't bring any peace in an individual's life. And here he says that there is a reward in heaven and that the hearing the word of God will align your purposes with God so that you will have and bring forth fruit as you have also learned from Ephraim, our dear fellow servant and faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. He was the pastor of the church at Colossae. And he's the one that was concerned because of the heresies that began to come in to the church. Now, there is all kinds of different heresies in these days. There was the heresy that the rapture of the church had already came. Paul had to address that. There was the idea or whatever of the Judaizers that came in that would mix uh, salvation or that through Jesus Christ with works. In other words, yeah, God forgave you of your sins, but now you got to get out and earn it. <laughs> well, there's, these things are all still around today. Uh, I don't think there's anything that really troubles a true believer any more than knowing that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, his salvation is free. It's a gift, the Bible says. And yet you see religions out making people earn what God has already given to them. And you can always tell if somebody is in this world because you can ask them. I've had people come to my door nicely dressed. And, I ask, and they want to ask me questions and I go, I got a question for you. If you died today, would you go to heaven? And they'll retort, well, I've done the best I can. Whoa, got a problem here. Because if you're wrong and you didn't make it, it's too late to do anything about it once you get there. You better be right when you go. Now, here's the thing. The free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is a gift? Gift is something you get. Something somebody gives you. It isn't something you work for, otherwise it'd be wages. And so God gives us salvation. Isn't that great to know? So when someone says, if you died today, would you go to heaven? I can say yes. 
Well, how do you know that? Because it was a gift from God. I didn't earn it. Well, you know, I did a lot of, bunch of really religious things. You know, help blind dogs across the street. You think of all the different ideas. Of, I stole flowers in airports. Wore blue. I ate only organically grown food. None of those things attribute anything to eternal life. It's a gift. And what do you do to get a gift? You take it. Minister told me one time, it's kind of a funny thing. Apply it however you want. But he said this. He said, if anybody ever offers you anything, take it. Now, I don't know if that's good advice or not, but I've used that several times in my life and found it paid off. But when God offers us eternal life free, take it. Now, the Bible says we come to him. We recognize our bankrupt condition. I don't have the answers to life. I mean, this is the problem that we all find. That's why people are going around to the friends. What do you think I should do? Well, I don't know. Well, you could do this or you could do this. Check with Ann Landers. Or check with, you know, your daily horoscope. Or, or a Ouija board. Or one of those eight balls that you turn upside down and it says, yes, positively. You know, remember those? People actually believe that junk. If you cast your fate to the wind like that, friends, you're going to find yourself drifting on the sea of the world without any hope. So the Bible tells us that we have a free gift of eternal life. Ephraim was a minister that was concerned because he saw the church being affected by heresies. Now again, the Bible tells us in the days that we live in, towards the end of Uh, of man's futile efforts to govern himself, that people would heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does an itching ear want? To be scratched. Well, here's why. I want to hear what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about hell. I don't want to hear about conviction of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to hear what's pleasing to God, because really, it's all about me. And I thank God that I go to a church where this minister makes me feel it is all about me. I don't want to really bring any friends to this church. I don't mind because he never talks about it. See, the Bible tells us these are all important ingredients. Jesus spoke 11 times about hell in the New Testament. It's a real place. It's a place where people go who reject God. But nobody, and here's the gospel good news, nobody has to go there. The Bible tells us that we go there because we rejected God's plan for our life. What are you doing that's so important in your life that you can't dedicate your life to God? Well, you know, I got those Friday night tailgate parties, man. That's pretty important to me. Is it worth missing eternal life for? I mean, or getting carried away by things of the world to the point where you miss why God put you here and to tell you who you are? You know, when we don't know who we are, we believe a lie. That's why Paul is saying to the church of Colossae here that wisdom, knowledge, comes through hearing God's word. Why? Because it reveals to us who we are and how to use the power, the gifts that God has given us. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. 
or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.